Welcome to BizStorm, my comedy game design podcast for two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. <laughs> we said comedy again. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> I'm Trevor Scott and with me today, as always, is Ben Slinger. Yeah, I'm here. Hey. There I was goes. actually thinking how to, how to re-say it so that um, who know nothing about comedy but a little bit about game design. Cause yeah, that's true. We can yeah. now say that. A little it's bit true. of that game design. We did make um, a little bit of a game last weekend. If you haven't gone back and listened to our postmortem, which is now a week and a half ago, this is the time of this release, uh, go and listen to it. It's us rambling on a little bit about how we made a game at the Global Game Jam in Melbourne. I'm sure Ben edited it to be nice and succinct and like, yeah, concise. concise. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm getting a foot cramp. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start with some click pitch like we always do. For those who are just joining us, Click Pitch is a game where we each have a wan- a random word generator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Elmer Fodd, and with me as always is that pesky wabbit. Is Twever uh, Squat. <laughs> Twever Squat. We each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three, two, one, click, we get a new word. We take those words, we put them into our imagination generation machines called our brains, and we come up with some sort of game design. Which will hopefully tickle your funny bits, <laughs> or make you really, really sad for yeah, like, you know, emotional or just reasons. Make you, <laughs> yeah, or really, really sad because the game we just invented does not exist, and no one will ever make it. Who knows? Yeah, that happens too often. Three, two, one. Or click. maybe we do. We, we will with our brand new game development skills. Three, two, one. Click. Improve. Roulette. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we just have to improve roulette. Uh, is this is this like casino roulette? Is it Russian roulette? Is it casino roulette with Russian roulette rules or something like merge them? So, so, so basically, if you if you roll the ball and it lands on zero or double zero or triple zero, you get shot. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to pull the trigger on the revolver. <laughs> and and at, at at first. There are six bullets in the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> so Every the, time someone dies, they you know that there's one gone, and so yeah. So you got one more chance of, of staying alive now. <laughs> this is some high stakes fucking roulette. It's thousand dollars a roll. Um, okay, I'm sure there's probably higher stakes roulette than that, but yeah, probably. Okay, it's a million dollars a roll. <laughs> this is really this is only for those super rich people. Who just have no thrills left in their life because like they've not done a video everything. Game, but it's a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know. We never said uh, video games. We just say comedy game design. It's a board game. <laughs> <laughs> you play the home version. <laughs> it comes with a dart gun. <laughs> no, no. Well, in Australia, it comes with a dart gun. In America, it's just an actual revolver, fully loaded out of the box. They don't give a fuck. If kids kill people, we know this by now. <laughs> In fact, it, the, the home version comes with a nine millimeter, so it's not even not even a revolver. <laughs> it's just it's, it was it's- a, there was a there was a mix up <laughs> in the specifications for the manufacturing of the home version, and uh, we put a semi-automatic pistol in there <laughs> to play Russian roulette with. Uh, funnily enough, the uh, 
the death count did not go up for death by gun. It's strange. Not not a not a iota. Didn't change anything. Ben gets political. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure that was in Trump's State of the Union Union speech that everyone should play this game. That's only topical today. <sighs> not a week and a half from now when this is actually airing. Three, two, one, click. <laughs> I feel like Trevor sighing is like a catchphrase. On our on our show, <laughs> if if this was a radio show, there'd be like blaring lights and and Trevor side. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Trevor! There'd be like some little fucking sound effect or something. We need a soundboard on this show. And of course, it happens all too often because Ben's puns are just terrible. So just I'm powerful, powerful puns. Okay, did you click? Yes. Let's get a new word. Blossoming. <laughs> Blossoming. Oh, I like it. Settling. They, they, they seem to be at odds with each other. A little bit. A little bit. Fun, funnily enough, my mind went to... Did you ever watch the sitcom Blossom? <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> uh, I don't remember much about it, but I feel like the, the parents in that were probably, like, hard done by. And, you know, there's always the parents who are... We don't actually have to go to Blossom because maybe maybe that's oh it's I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page. She didn't even have a mother at the time, so it's probably not really gonna uh, gonna gonna happen. But I'm just thinking of like settling and maybe there's something around a '90s style sitcom that we can do. Okay, so I like the idea that this is like a '90s version of you take Blossom mm-hmm. and then you take her direct opposite, and it's a '90s version of the Odd Couple. Okay. So you've got someone who's settling, trying to trying to just settle down, and the and blossom who's trying to you know come up, come up in the world, and so you've got those two people at odds with each other. Right. So this is like a spin-off of Blossom when she's a bit older. Yeah. Okay. Bef- before the same character effectively goes into the big uh, to the Big Bang Theory, um, she <laughs> <laughs> she she lives in I don't know where was it set was it New York City. Probably. They mostly were. Oh, I like the idea that it's New York City. Yeah. And Look, if we're going for the classic sitcom, 90s sitcom, it's going to be New York City. So, who's settling? Who's who's from some other some other so sitcom? So, okay. So, well, uh, yeah, okay. Well, we can we can do this. We do need to make it into a game at some point. <laughs> some uh is it um is it one of the the, the home improvement kids? Um, or is it, uh, yeah, like, is it, is it, what is his name? Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Yeah. <laughs> from, from, from Home Improvement? Yeah. Uh, Randy was his name, I'm pretty sure. Was it Randy? Yeah. Might have been. Yeah. I was, I don't know. Uh, my, my knowledge of 90 sitcoms, which should be immense, considering my age and how many of them I watched, mm-hmm. is, uh, is lacking due to my bad memory. Okay. So, maybe this is going to go even further back. So, I'm picturing now that Blossom comes to the city and she's, um, she finds a roommate, Punky Brewster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, I guess, I guess so, based on the time frames, because Punky Brewster was a kid in the 80s and then Blossom was like a teenager, a teenager in, the in the 90s. 90s. They'd be about the same age. About okay. the same age. Punky, obviously, was really, really quite out there and Blossom seemed a bit, I don't know. Um, can't remember everything about it, but I, I like the idea that 
punky is trying to trying to become like this this um sophisticated sort of new yorker and yep. blossom is really trying to trying to um go out and and i don't know play music on 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 like throughout like um, new york pubs or something, or something like that okay so that's the start of it right so they just happen to basically meet each other like when they're new to new york city and and like decide to become roommates. This is it. They get a place together. Yeah. yeah. Um, become roommates. They sort of became friends, you know, very, very quickly yeah. that night and realized once they were, once they're living together that they're kind of the odd couple. Yeah. So I'm thinking that this is like a, I know that we always go to this well, but I like the idea of a telltale game. I was thinking it's a Lost Vikings-esque platform. <laughs> they each have specific skills. We bring in a third. Maybe it is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He's like the neighbour or something, the hot neighbour that they're all that they're both into and fighting over. No, I don't know. We can <laughs> we can go we can go narrative telltale ish if you like. Yeah, I would, actually I would fucking love. And look, Telltale are pretty good at this. I feel like they're dropping off in their quality. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily. Let's not stick purely with the Telltale formula, but sort of three D, mostly narrative, like less inventory, dialogue, puzzles, more just you can alter the narrative in in some ways. But I would fucking love a like. Here's all these characters from '90s sitcoms. <laughs> now they're in their twenties and thirties. Let's like bring them together. That would be fucking awesome. What I what I kind of also want is just down the street. You like, you don't necessarily get to talk to them much, but you yeah. see like uh, Jerry and and and, all, like, and George George just walking down the street on the are other they, side. Are they are they like? So when are we setting this? Like, are they old now? Like, how old are these people? Maybe setting the two thousands or something. I guess. Yeah, because so we want them in their twenties. So, so it's it's sort of late series Seinfeld. So Seinfeld was going from what? Oh, Seinfeld was done. Was By it? then, Seinfeld was still going was done in the 2000s. in '98, I think. Really? Because that, yeah. Because do you remember that fucking Green Day song that they used in the last episode was constantly yeah, on at high, yeah. at high school. That's yeah, how I remember. Fuck. So it's been—it's literally been 20 years since our high school, like graduation, is 20 years this year since uh, Seinfeld yeah. ended. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Okay, so, so it's a couple very of years later, they're still these days. They're still doing nothing. <laughs> You know, because it's, it's still yep. the show about nothing. It's just that you see them walking down the street. Yeah, yeah. There's there's cameos all over the place. So so okay. So the key the key characters New are York, you got the people from Friends. So you got Central Perk that you can sort of walk by. You've got um, yeah. Well, you know, so Friends finished around then too, eh? Uh, two thousand four, I think it was Friends. Yeah, yeah, two thousand four. Okay, so I think we said it because Punky Brewster was uh. Mid eighties, and she was like, what nine, eight or nine or something. So I yeah. think we said it eighty eight. There you go. It- yeah, finished in eighty eight. No, finished in eighty six, and then it went oh, on syndication. Right. So- okay. Yeah. So it was, it was only a couple of years, eighty five, eighty six, uh, and she was yeah like eight or nine. So if we said it like fifteen, twenty years later, so you're like early mid two thousands. Yep. So um. Ross and Rachel have a kid, and fucking <laughs> Chandler and Monica are married, and you occasionally see them around. 
they basically you have like they they cameo in particular episodes because if we make this episode like the Telltale ones, maybe oh, you can that'd have be awesome. It's you like- can have a different nineties, eighties, nineties, two thousand sitcom character uh, cameo in each one. And and you know what? They could actually serialize this. That you know something that that a lot of those TV shows didn't do, except for Friends. Actually, Friends did do mm. a lot of serial serialization of of their stuff, but a yeah. lot of the earlier like sitcoms didn't do that. To actually have like some of the some of the '90s sitcoms in in sort of like don't know whether it's like a CW style drama, you know, like a Dawson's Creek, where they or like crossover. Like but you know, you've just got different characters from from these different seasons it turns out that they're all in the one the one area maybe at one stage you can um, come across a crime and it's like people from um uh what's it called <laughs> law and order <laughs> you know law and order it, cops are there i i just love this idea of of then each episode that you're sort of playing through is sort of like previously on the odd couple yeah. or whatever the, whatever yeah. we're calling it You've, you can actually see what happened in the previous episodes and the idea that you can actually make... I like the idea that you can change, make some pretty significant cha- um, choices. Okay. So, when I say significant, I'm talking about, like, you can choose you can not, not to pursue... kill off Joey. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for, for a Joey reference. <laughs> Depends which show you're talking about, though. <laughs> oh, I was talking about from Friends. Okay, that- I thought you meant from from Blossom. <laughs> oh, okay. I was wondering. I was like, I don't think Joey said "whoa" that much. <laughs> no, Joey Lawrence. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. I don't actually remember Blossom. It wasn't one of my big ones. Okay, um, damn it! I just blew my, <laughs> I blew my Joey one. <laughs> blew, blew your Joey all over the place. Okay, so um, he comes in and goes, "How you doing?" And yeah, and then he and- shoot him in the head. No, I don't. No. Well, maybe he like gets arrested for sexual harassment or something. <laughs> <laughs> God. But because it's pre uh, two thousand four, I, I like the idea that this is like late season Friends. It's sort of mm. two thousand two, two thousand three, and um, yep. before it finishes, so you can't actually kill any of those characters off. Um, oh, okay, because it'd break canon. Yeah, you can't break so, canon. So basically, anyone whose show finished before two thousand <laughs> is, is fair game. Pretty so like much. Cra- Kramer, take him out. Um, <laughs> any anyone from from Blossom. Frasier's off the table. Oh, you can't kill Frasier because he's in Seattle. Like, he's too far away. Well, yeah, but it takes... It's the conference in New York. It's a psychology conference. You don't want to kill Frasier anyway because Frasier is awesome. <laughs> well, can we kill Niles? <laughs> no, because we like Niles too. Okay. Can we kill the dog? Yes. Good. Okay, so what, what else happened in... Oh, no, I was trying to get to... Like, you can choose to, you know, pursue a relationship with, say, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Or um, you can choose not to, but that's a pretty major, major difference in, in the stories that are actually going to happen. So, sure, you basically sure. have a set branching story that sort of happens. So, each time you, you play it, it feels like it's a, um, a bit different. Mm-hmm. But the branching stories are only from, like, each each episode has, like, one major thing that you can change that changes the complete rest of the story. Okay, but does it how much does it change for the subsequent episodes or are we keeping well, it relatively episodic? We're talking episodic? say f- five episodes. And in okay. the first episode if you change something then it splits into um I know you can change something in the second, third and fourth episode and it right. gives you a different fifth episode basically. 
So the further down the track, you need to make. I mean, that's like so. There's basically episodes. like 25 endings, pretty much, because there's one major split in each episode. I mean, now, I don't know how. how Near Automata, Near Automata okay. did 26 endings, so I'm pretty okay. sure that we can do 25 for this. All right, sorry, devs. There's going to be a lot of crunch time finishing off those last few endings, but uh, it's just it's all it's all for those three people who finish all of them. You know what? This is actually episode one is set in like early August, two thousand and one. Okay. Oh, oh Jesus! Are you bringing in <laughs> September eleven? This is so- like the reaction of all these sitcom. Well, that's Characters the thing. Friends went over the um the you know the yeah September the World Trade 11, Center attacks yeah. and nothing ever got said. So this is the behind the scenes sort of stuff of of the reactionary <laughs> it's the lost episodes <laughs> because <laughs> I, Jesus I've rewatched it recently and I'm like hang on in this season something major has happened to the world and they didn't make a single reference to it or at least just acknowledge that something had massive it's not happened really in New York. the type of show for that i guess and that's why it'd be so awesome in this in this <laughs> oh, god what? oh man you, you, no it's okay i think we should click again <laughs> <laughs> I think that is about as far as we're going to take that idea. <sighs> Three to one click. Occupying. Confrontation. Okay. So it's episode five, and Blossom is just confronted with <laughs> Funky. <laughs> no, I'm thinking this is like season two. It's during the Occupy Wall Street movement. <laughs> They're all getting like super political. <laughs> They're like. You guys in New York didn't say anything about 9-11 when it happened. Like, I'm not going to let you get away with it now as the 1% you know, steps all over the rest of us. Wait, you guys are the 1%. You were getting like a million dollars an episode. It's actually just the case. It's not even the case. They're just all breaking character. Like, fuck all. <laughs> I know I'm on Big Bang Theory now, but I don't get. still don't get paid as much as... <laughs> I'm a fucking neuroscientist or whatever these shoes. I don't know. Okay, so what was your word again? <laughs> <laughs> Occupying. Occupying and confrontation. Yeah. All right, I've, I've, got, I've got an idea. Okay, it's a VR it. game. Okay, yep. You're in a phone booth. You're occupying a phone booth. And you have goals of like, I don't know, we can think about what put you there, but I think you've got certain people you have to call. But at the same time, there are people confronting you. Like, they want to use the phone booth. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little bit like that movie phone booth. I was about to say. <laughs> so, it's the movie phone booth. Yeah. And you're not allowed could, to go anywhere. Otherwise, you'll get shot. We could basically take aspects of that. Yes. Maybe it's not like... Maybe it's not a sniper. Maybe it's... um. Well, I'm thinking it's sort of a... Just a sort of story-based experience... Like a lot of those VR things are, mm-hmm. you you kind of have to just sort of solve the, the, the situations that are put in front of you to make it through to the next bit. I'm thinking, though, instead of like a sniper, maybe there's some sort of monster or like uh, there's like an, some event has happened outside and you are safe in the phone booth and you're communicating with someone over the phone on and off. Like okay. they call you up or whatever, and you're sort of you're hearing about this stuff that's happening outside, and you're also and then as it goes on, like you start seeing glimpses of it 
on you you hear the vibration and like yeah your touch like, I think maybe it. as it gets closer to you or something <laughs> so maybe it's just maybe it starts off very mundane and like you need to make a call to you know your brother and you can't get through no you do get through but as you're talking to them this event occurs like some fucking alien invasion starts or whatever you know what i would love and mm. this this means that you cannot leave there's a there's a park bench sort of nearby yeah. and basically there's there's sort of an explosion that happens beside and yeah. the park bench literally comes and leans on the door so i love i love that I, you know what yes as this happens you so you hear it first as it happens to your brother mhm but basically there's like a cascade of alien like pods that that smash down and one smashes down near you and like a dead alien an alien flies out and dies but yeah also like blasts debris up against the side of the phone booth so you can't get out but i love the idea that there's just this dead alien the whole game and maybe you're wondering if it's going to come back like if it's actually dead or or maybe there isn't that maybe it's not even completely dead it's still twitching occasionally or something so that can be part of it like is this thing just gonna and in vr i can tell you now there's there's a couple of games that i've played that are that are horror like games that literally you don't want to take your eye off that thing one of them was the duck season game there's a there's one of the endings in which the bad guy which i'm pretty sure you know who the bad guy is but i'm not going to spoil it (laughs) um he basically gets gunned down and is laying there and looking at you, like, with these glowing red eyes. <laughs> right. And then there's, like, a few things happening on the on the TV, but I couldn't keep my eyes off him. I didn't want to... Basically, you've got nothing to defend yourself. You're only, you're only a kid in the yeah. game, and it's, like, the feeling of, so of helplessness. When you're that immersed immerse as well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you could do some really cool that shit with that. Helplessness... And not wanting to take your eyes off that, but knowing you have to, to to do something else at the same time. You could really fuck with the player too, and like it's it's lying there mostly dead, but you you start moving it when they're not looking at it, like a little bit closer. <laughs> <laughs> but then back again, like it's not actually that it's definitely getting closer. It's just literally to fuck with them a bit. You oh, occasionally it- make it so it's a bit closer, and then they like look back at it, and it's back where it was. It's like, am I going insane? I like the idea that you got to maybe look through a phone book to try and um, yeah, you got to figure you- out who to call. Like, I think you get cut off from your brother, and then like maybe you, you maybe you try to call nine one one. Maybe you yeah, maybe you then start searching through the phone book. Uh, I don't know. Maybe your brother gives you a hint of someone to call. Yeah, so I like the idea that you've got like a sort of like a notebook, but it's actually you know it's your thoughts in your brain. Yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, he goes. I, th- I think I need to contact this person, who I went to grad school and and like he's he's high up in the military or something. Mm. And then you can maybe get in co- contact with him or f- do do some sort of sort of ringing around puzzle. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to yeah, think. Yeah, maybe there's some other things that you can do. Like, turns out that you know you can use like your finger on the window to like Ma- write, like write messages or something. But the idea being that maybe you've got to you got to actually like solve solve some sort of mathematical puzzle to actually go a little bit further. Oh, but so you can use the window as kind of a scratch board. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Or a logic puzzle or something like mm. that. Well, I, I like the idea that something happens and the phone breaks and you have to like fix it by putting specific wires together or something. 
like figuring out a puzzle there <laughs> so that you can make the next call. I like the fact that you open it up and there's actually like a little diagram there saying which one needs to be plugged into where. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you have to like unscrew the side. It it sort of uh, hinges open and you get the internals of the phone booth and, and sort of have to, yeah, have to solve that puzzle. Um, I like that a lot. That's, yeah, that's cool. That'd be fun. I'm, I'm thinking that one of the things that happens at the at the very start or if you're trying to bash on the window that mm. your character says, and this this is actually... You know, something to stop people from just going, oh, why don't you break the glass? But actually yeah. have him say something about how the company that he works for just installed this bulletproof glass into, into the, <laughs> the phone booth. So After watching like the movie Phone Booth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just like, so, this is never going to happen again. Yeah, I mean, to make a, it that this is a, a lot of those phone booths safe- have like that hard perspex and stuff too. Like, it's not yeah. that easy to just bash through, particularly when you're stuck in a small space like that. Yeah, yeah you I can't think get you can, any sort th- of wind up. Exactly. I think you can definitely kind of uh, write that off narratively. Um, what other puzzles could you have? Like, we've got the fixing the phone, logic puzzles, trying to work out. Maybe uh, maybe at some point the, the, other, the alien does wake up and does break part of the glass, but then die. Like, it's sort of its little its death rattle. It flails, smashes the top half of the glass. You can't. You still can't climb out. But now there are parts of this alien, like it's sort of big hooked, spiked <laughs> hands in there or something. And you have to give that information to someone who's like trying to dissect one or like trying to figure out more about the aliens. And so you literally have to get get a shard of glass and dissect part of this alien. Oh, now, now I'm just getting the, the thought that it's either Surgeon Simulator or you've got to basically Rick and Morty this bastard <laughs> and, you know, attach it like, to yourself and, and basically oh God. pickle Rick it. <laughs> pickle Rick it? No, I was thinking more of that episode where he just, like, lures a specific creature to him so that he can- because he knows that he can pull it apart and build something out of it. Uh, maybe that is it. Maybe it, like- Maybe it's not just that its arms are in there. It does bash through. It dies. Its arms are in there. You literally have to pull it into the phone booth. And so now you're in the phone booth with this, like, physics ragdolled, gross alien thing. And, yeah, you have to, like, cut certain bits of it off and cut its brain open <laughs> in this small space. <laughs> and you're just, like, you've only got one surface, which is the top of the phone booth, to, like, rest things on so you can find them again. <laughs> All the while, you've got- <laughs> Actually, that'd be really funny. You've got the phone. Maybe you have a mechanic where you can, like- You have to keep your head tilted, so it's like you're holding the phone against your <laughs> shoulder. That's and if awesome. you don't, it, like, drops. <laughs> so, you can use two hands at the same time and have to hold the phone there. Yeah, I really that'd like be, that. That'd be really cool. I like that a lot. Um, uh, I, like the, I like the idea that the only thing that can cut into it is, like- itself because it's basically got like yeah um sort of lobster claws so it's yeah, got like a, yeah. a razor that's sharp kind of what claw. i was thinking too lobster claws yeah it's like uh it's like the omni droid in uh in the incredibles you have to use its its own things to to pull it apart yeah i was actually thinking it was the lobber dial from that game that we did a, little, a, little while ago. <laughs> a, little, a couple weeks ago <laughs> three to one click i love that just as an aside we could yeah. fucking build we could build that man <laughs> We could now. <laughs> totally. Like, there's not that much art in it. We'd have to obviously record all the audio and stuff. We've got mics. 
Totally. All you need is a phone booth, an environment outside of it. Um, and, and then, alien and, the, model? and the, yeah, the alien. So you'd have to get someone to do the alien, but like, that's not that big a deal. Yeah. Totally build, totally build that game. All right. Three, two, one, click. Um, so I'll build a phone booth and. Screen <laughs> <laughs> jam it. Mm. Fault. Prude. <laughs> okay. So fault takes me in a couple directions. Obviously, like, someone is at fault. They've done something that has caused a problem. They are the one who caused it. Or a fault in something uh, that means that makes it not work properly. So, uh, what, so which- both places that I didn't go. <laughs> really? What did? Where did you go? I went to... Because I was sort of thinking disaster, and then oh, I was thinking oh, earthquake, earthquake, fault line, all that sort yep. of stuff. So, yep, I was kind of kind of thinking that what you could actually have is like a game. Uh, maybe it's VR. Mm-hmm. In that, um, you were taking a shower when there was a there w- when there was an earthquake. The side of your building. I see where Prude's coming in. Okay. Yep. The yep. side of you, your building, basically, like, I'm thinking that you're in an apartment building and you're on the second floor. And it sort of, it sort of collapses right, right on the side of your shower. Like, the only way out is literally to go down this rubble. <laughs> okay. But you're naked. <laughs> so, you've got to use your touch controllers to cover up. <laughs> to cover up. <laughs> and so, you're scored based on, like, how many people see your junk? Well, I think, I think it's sort of like... Because it's a disaster movie and everyone's trying to get away, mm. you just happen to be this one character who's trying to like interact with different things, but you can only use one hand at a time. <laughs> so, Wait, so hang so on. So you got to cover yourself up. I'm thinking. What if? What if you want to play a woman? <laughs> then you've got to sort of. How prudish are you exactly? Do you have to drape things across yourself? <laughs> well, I think I think maybe you can like drape things across yourself and basically. Mm. You're trying to you're trying to just find somewhere to cover Maybe, yourself oh, you up know and get Maybe out of the a, city as well. I like the idea that it's a puzzle game, sort of like Portal. Like you know how in Portal you can't take like the cubes through the, you know the 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 whatever they call them, the fields. Yeah, the dismantling grid or whatever it is. Yeah, there are all sections of this where, in this in this level, there are things you can cover yourself with. But but as you leave the level, there's always something that happens that makes it that like pulls it off you before you go to the next stage, and you're stuck covering yourself again <laughs> with one or two hands. You get the shower curtain off and you cover yourself up with it. Yeah, yeah. And then so the dog grabs hold and, and rub, runs away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's a little cutscene between the levels where something happens every time, and and you're completely in the nude again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like it. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm saying the second the second level like you find some basically inflammable clothes that okay. right at the, the only way out of this level is to go through these flames and they just sort of go oh shit yep. <laughs> yeah you have to run through the flames and they just yep go up in in smoke yep. and so uh, so you get a little cutscene of of your character just ripping the clothes off and it's like god damn it I'm back to square one yeah <laughs> I like the idea that in some levels you actually have to use your covering to like hook onto something and climb up or swing across something. <laughs> I feel like this maybe uh, This would work really well in VR, except the, the puzzling stuff is very physical that I feel like wouldn't work that well in VR. So, it's kind of- I kind of actually like it almost as a bit of a isometric third person 
where it's like a fixed camera or mostly fixed camera and you're kind of having to like order the, so your character automatically covers themselves up based on what articles of of covering you've managed to find so you as they walk as they're walking around at the start of the level they're just covering up their front and their chest if they're a woman maybe you know maybe maybe being a woman is hard mode because you've just got more things to cover up in our current society's like <laughs> version of prudish, prudishness so think about that that scene from the Simpsons movie where Bart yeah. is skate lo- skateboarding okay. naked. So you've okay. got a so- at, at each part of the level, you've actually got basically foreground objects, foreground objects in which you've got a time to get yourself across across the screen. I like that. So it's literally you you're trying to stop the player, the camera, from seeing your junk as well. So in this particular scene, you know you sort of okay, you've got this sort of waving back and forward. Um, <laughs> Uh, garden gnome sort of thing, just waving. So you're just like, okay, and walk, 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 walk. Yeah, time it because you need to carry because you need to carry something that's like two hand, two, two handed, yeah, across from one side to the other. So you have to, yeah, you have to time it right so that this thing covers your junk in the right ways. Yeah, I, I also just like the idea. And again, now that we've sort of got this experience, I, I can imagine how you would do this in like Unreal or something that like. You know, you're not carrying anything, so they're covering themselves. But as you turn so that you're facing away from the camera, they, like, automatically move their hand to their butt. <laughs> <laughs> like, really quickly, just this fun little animation. Okay, so what it could actually be. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how this exactly will work, but I like the idea that you work, ra- rather than you playing the the naked person, you okay. actually work as, like... A CCTV sort of operator, and you've got some <laughs> okay. some sort of control over things that by hacking into into certain things. So you got to basically right. sort of Very create critical, these things. Critical path from the old nineties game, or more recently, Republic. Critical path was my first CD-ROM game. Was Full it? motion video, baby? I never played it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yes. So you so so. so- Maybe there's certain uh, certain parts in which yes you are you are doing um, certain things from that that person. Then there's another chapter later on that you play. The camera view is always well, from from this sort right. of sort of CCTV view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which well, is maybe what she's it's to, maybe it's not that you to block maybe, from. Maybe it's not that you are playing the person behind the CCTV. Maybe it's just that your character you are playing the 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 naked character, but at some point they start communicating with someone. Who is able to see the CCTV, and so you can get them to like turn things on and off, or like yeah, have some sort of control over yep. what is what is active in your environment, or like what camera is turned on. So it could actually <laughs> that actually that could be really interesting because you could have different perspectives on the same room where there's different things in the foreground that are going to cover you up. So it's all, there's almost a bit of like that Fez style thing of of rotation, around. yeah, like of changing. Your perspective, and maybe it's even, I don't know, maybe the, well, you wouldn't have it swinging from camera to camera because there's CCTV, but like, yeah, you have to be in the right position when you switch to the other camera to know that you're going to be covered up when that camera turns on. <laughs> That's a really cool puzzling that you could do with that, man. There really is. That's really fun. You know, then you can also Naked be telling Fez. this. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> Naked Fez. <laughs> and, Fez, and but literally- with dicks and tits. <laughs> It'll sell a billion. 
I'm picturing on the cover, it's got this this lady holding holding two feathers over over her chest, and like <laughs> one 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 down the bottom, one over and a just, just um, and there's a guy just with a fez, and he's got he's got his hands off it. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, that's pretty funny though. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I feel like <laughs> that would be a nice like computer game. Like, I don't think that would actually uh, pass today, but in the 90s, that definitely would. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's a Legislate Larry cover or something. Yeah. <laughs> Three to one click. Yeah. Lie. L-I-E, lie. Wait, is there a different sort of lie? I guess there's, like, the chemical lie. That could be interesting. No, L-I-E, lie. Curbing. Kirby? Curbing. As in curbing your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, pretty, pretty... Pretty good word. So it's a continuation of that um, the sitcom game from before, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a sequel, but many many moons later on, Larry David. <laughs> yep, you play Larry David, just getting pissed getting off at all the other after lie after all, lie. Yeah, all all the other characters from all the other sitcoms. It's actually just an alternate version of that game from Larry <laughs> David's perspective. No, let's not okay. do it. Curbing lie. So, so like to curb something, obviously, is just to sort of stop it or slow it. Restrain or keep in check. Yeah. Or a sidewalk, like the edge of a sidewalk. <laughs> Don't hit the curb. Did you hit the curb? No, I didn't. You're lying. Hmm. Or if we go with the Urban Dictionary, the act of knocking someone out, then placing their open mouth on the curb so that when the back of the... Os- Back of the skull yeah. repeatedly stomped on, all their teeth get broken. Yeah, we could go the Thank whole- Thank you, Urban uh, Dictionary. American History X, Curb Stomping. Curb Stomping. I think Gears of War had that too. Yeah. No. So, if you, if you, if you want to go down that, that one. No. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's a ton of gameplay there, but uh, no, 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 not really. <laughs> no. I think we should maybe click again. Yeah, I think so. Read one click. Entering. Cannon. <laughs> okay. I don't know about you, but I've been watching some streams of Sea of Thieves in which you can blast yourself out of a cannon into onto an island. So that's basically where my mind's going. I'll show you make a whole game around that mechanic. Um, you're a human cannonball. Mm-hmm. Like in the circus? In the circus, and you have to basically your your big trick is you know getting into a massive cannon, and you never get hurt. Okay, out of this like mystical That's cannon, your superpower. Yep. So I I think it's it's like a platformer in which you're dragging along this cannon. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> kind of like a um, like a two D or a three D platformer. Oh, like what see, sort of? My mind immediately goes to like a, a limbo esque. Um, okay. Running alongside, you know, having to yeah. work out, kind of similar to the dung beetle game that we came up with a little while ago, just yeah, with, yeah. like a human cannonball. And so instead of like cutting up your dung to climb on things, you're having to figure out how to how fly, you fire yourself, yourself onto yourself. things to then like open a door to continue, to, like to pull your cannon through because you can fit through but your cannon can't, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that'd work. There you go, game done. <laughs> Are you a clown? Are there other aspects? Like, because sort of a lot of the time in the circus, the clowns, like, uh, so I feel like people fight, being fired at a cannon are often the clowns and they're doing it for laughs. 
Um, Maybe you could bring in other puzzle aspects around other elements of clowning. So, so you've got like the, the got water, the flower that the fires water, water yep. out of it. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. <laughs> my hand was literally up there at, at my uh, pretend flower ready to squirt it. <laughs> and I'm like, no one can see this. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this is an audio medium. Uh, yeah. You you can, like, make sound with your honk, the high by honking your nose. Uh, maybe your big feet come into it in some way. Can you float on them or something? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a magical clown where you can, like, continuously uh, spray water out of your flower and then float your way up on your big, like, sur- the feet that have huge surface area for, for, for balancing on? <laughs> God. But your cannon can't float, so you got to figure out something for that. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I got nothing. Three, two, one, click. That was enough. That was a good game. Yeah, they, they don't know. have to be fifteen-minute epics about '90s sitcom stars. <laughs> Age, antiquity. Oh, well, they go well together. In fact, they're very similar concepts. Okay, this could be an interesting thing around the relationship between a person and an object. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean the sexual relationship. Don't be no. dirty, Trevor. So, are you playing the antique shop owner? And Oh. And basically, as each person sort of comes in to either buy or sell mm-hmm. the object, you basically sort of collect their story. Yeah, you find out a little bit about each person and then collect they come the story back and they sell it again. tell the or- story to someone else. Right. And basically, you know, there's some sort of um, thing that actually happens throughout. Yeah, well, maybe the antique owner has a relationship with one of the people eventually who come in or something, and that's there's some sort of mirror around the objects that are being sold. Mm-hmm. I love that we can just sort of come up with these story ideas where we're like, yeah, and there's a really poignant analogy, but we're not actually going to come up with what it is because we're not that clever. But we'll <laughs> just, there's a real, it's like really heart-wrenching. <laughs> it's really heart-wrenching. Like, there's yeah. this cat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that one we did come up with it, but that was good. This one, you know, we'd have to um, come up with all the characters and things, but. So I'm seeing it as, is it a young antique shop owner? Sure. So- Someone has inherited an antique store from their grand person. From their, <laughs> from their grandparent or. Yes. Or elderly, elderly relative. Elderly just- relative, sure. And they've got basically a book of, of, all these old stories about these an- antiquities, right? So you've got okay. So you've got your you've got your like yeah your book of all the things that are currently in the store, or maybe who, that have been sold in the store, with some history about them that you can yep. look at. It's too big. It's not like you have to read through the whole thing, but no. As a new item comes in or gets sold, you can look into the history of it and see like oh like this was owned by the grandparent of this person. And you start to get a sense for this web of relationships, all all centering on this antique store. So, I mean, it could go into like a not necessarily a platformy sort of level, but an actual, you know. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just love the idea of this, like buying and selling, like finding out these stories about these people, and then there's a platforming level. I just like the fact that like there's an old lamp. And so the story gets start 
starts being told of like you know an adventure that that this person went through to get this old lamp right and you you sort of play it out uh, maybe I'm, I'm sort of thinking of this more as a almost a visual novelish visual novel yeah not not full on visual novel where it's literally just sort of click, po- portraits click, and clicking and stuff click. <laughs> but more uh, there were some games where what was that game there was a game where you played like a shopkeeper that was similar to this um like a fantasy shopkeeper i can't remember what it was but anyway uh it was very anime style i'm not i'm not really thinking that but but yeah i just i like the idea that you find out a bit more about the like relative who who you inherited this from and their relationship to the people coming in but then the relationships between the different people coming in like maybe there's another young person who's who's inherited an object from their elderly relative um, and so you hear their story, but you also start up a relationship with that person, and yeah. um, or you know someone comes in who knew your relative, and so you learn a bit more about them that way. Yeah, I'm just wondering if there's if there's a way that you can actually like decline to sell to certain people as well, like because hmm. they're, they're they're sort of as you go on, you realise that making sure that the right person gets this yeah. is actually that's a good point. To- yeah, you, you, so that's it because you start to you start to recognize the sort of sentimental value. So, so there are there is at least one character that's just like in it for the money and like just resells these things and is really you know. I like the idea that he um, this this character that you refuse to sell to that you can you know you got to sort of try and get get information. Maybe they come in all the time, mm. and the whole idea is that you've got to try and work out what what they're actually doing with all these things and you find out that they're selling them on eBay for for like a lot more money and obviously not caring yeah. about the stories that you've been telling them. Exactly. And, and yeah. It's this real thing about, you know, all these items have stories and and appreciating that. And yeah, appreciating the stories behind them and the people behind them. And and to know that some of these stories are literally just stopping with this one person. Mm. Um mm. Because you, you every single time they buy something, you tell them the, this story, and they seem really in, engaged. And then they walk out and they sell it, and that story literally dies with that person. So they're they're sort of like right, a story yeah. killer. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, now I'm thinking you could even have a mechanic that, like, based on who you sell it to, tracks these stories. Like that actually moves a bit away from what I was thinking of, which was a yeah. which was a relatively linear sort of thing with different different events and different conversations and stuff. But yeah, that like, if you do have a choice on who to sell it to, because, you know, you do have to also keep this place running. And yep. so that person does pay more money for this stuff. But yeah, you then you, you move to your like little graph of the stories of these things. And it just like, there's a skull and crossbones. It just like dies or fades away into a gravestone or something. It's like, no one will ever hear the story of this person again <laughs> that went along with this item. But, but that that could just be a, a thing that comes up at the end of end of the game. Like yeah. Actually- oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, you you find out how many stories you killed <laughs> selling to the wrong people, <laughs> and like maybe maybe you didn't um, you didn't note down this story well, so it got it got. Yeah, that could be like a, know, man- a management like aspect to it. It could be a management aspect to it where you have to like link the stories to the right objects or something by because you needed to be paying attention, and if you get that wrong. Then you've tainted the stories in some way. Yep. Yeah. That's okay. some cool stuff you could do there. I reckon we go with one more and then we'll call it a night. Oh, yeah. We were going to maybe do something different, but no, we're, we're nearly done. No, we're, 
we're enjoying it. Yeah. Three to one click. Okay. Structure. Gestation. Hmm. Okay. My mind is going to some interesting places. So, have you seen The Shape of Water yet? No. Okay. It's not super important. I was just more thinking of the idea of scientists, well, people, not necessarily scientists, maybe yep. military, whatever, coming across some sort of alien creature or just unknown creature, like a cryptid of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> But they find it, and it's dead, but it's pregnant. And they need to come up with some sort of structure, some sort of device, some sort of whatever, to gestate this child so that they can study it or whatever. Like, depending on sort of who gets a hold of it, maybe they want to kill it if they're the military because they're fucking reactionary assholes. If the, the scientists are there, that they want to study it and- or, you know, or there's, you know, some scientists want to dissect it and study it. Some scientists want to protect it so that it can grow and they can find out more about it. So, is this happening somewhere in the United States? Probably. You reckon? That's where those sort of bloody conflicts happen the most. <laughs> well, no, we, we could we could do it somewhere more. I don't know. We could do it somewhere different. It doesn't always have to be the States. Okay, so building a huge structure there yeah, somewhere in where the is world. It, where is it set? I don't know. Somewhere in Europe, maybe. Okay, let's let's uh, set it in like Spain? a cold a know. cold <laughs> region of Europe. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking like like Norway, Norway or um, Iceland, even or Iceland or Greenland or something like that. Something somewhere very very cold. So they got to they got to sort of it's it's a race to to sort of get, get mm. warmth mm. to this thing. Mm. So, I, know, I, just, I don't I like actually the, know- I like the atmospheric. Yeah, yeah. I like that too. That's that's good. I don't actually know, though, what the gameplay is. Because you could almost do a sort of sim building sort of game of sorts where you literally, you have different elements to, to build up a structure that's keeping this thing alive and you have to be able to power it and you have to provide the right sort of chemicals and stuff- uh, and it needs to be self-sustainable in some way because because things happen where, like, maybe different factions are trying to get this thing. Okay. So, what, I, what I'm liking about this so far is that we've got this- we've got this very basic story of we've found it- we've found an alien baby that we need to keep warm. Maybe you're in, in like, a science station mm-hmm. in which you play a- a character that is sort of like a handyman sort of thing. Okay, so, you so you're not even si- necessarily a scientist. So you've got the scientist there telling you what to do. So mm. straight away, you're not, you're not have to coming up with a, these things. Okay. Basically, they're saying, go fix something in the boiler. So they're sort of like stuff. fetch quests to begin with, yep. in a way. Yep. Um, what it can actually have is like some of those tropes of, of like, say, the thing and other, other sort okay. of alien stories. Mm. But... I like the idea that you can subvert them in in the fact that this this alien uh, being being saved is actually a, a very good thing for humanity in mm. in that the things that are sort of chasing chasing you in in the thing in the story are, are actual, the humans are the humans that are that are trying to trying to stop you from doing what you yeah doing. okay so you play this handy person and 
so, uh, so I like the idea that you, as you're just doing these things, and look, you haven't seen The Shape of Water, but this is actually very similar. But that's fine because that was a movie. This is a game. Um, mm-hmm. But you you get you start a relationship with this thing in some way, like it kind of you get a connection with it. Initially, okay. yep. initially just an empathetic connection with it because it's like a child and you're a human being. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. you sort of want to take care of it. But maybe as it grows and gestates and becomes a fully formed being and gets closer to yep. actually being born, as it were, you know, it's got some sort of psychic abilities and you actually kind of start communicating with it in certain ways. Okay. And you can have sort of like pre-scripted dialogue that sort of happens while you're doing- some, yeah, well, I'm, d- I'm, menial I'm task. certainly mm. thinking this is more now more of a of a narrative thing. Look, it could even be combat and stuff. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is literally you. By the end, you're trying to project protect this thing by setting traps and and that sort of stuff. I don't know something. Yeah, like holding off long enough for its like for its birth, and when it like when it's born, it just like it can take care of itself. Then, <laughs> although that could be cool that. The first sort of, you know, third or two thirds of the game, like half or two thirds of the game is you protecting this thing as it grows. And then once it's sort of fully formed and born, now it's kind of a, a companion thing where now you're fighting, fighting your way out, out of here and it's like blasting the shit out of people. But you still have to do things like it can't, like, yeah, it can't get cold. So you have to, there are sort of puzzles and combat stuff that you have to do to make sure. It stays warm enough, or like if it does get cold, then you sort of you're having to lead it through, but its powers are depleted until it can warm up again or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I just really like like the idea of being able to play with those um those typical horror tropes at the start, though, because mm, yeah, 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 that for to sure. me is is making making you feel as though you know maybe you got some of the scientists who who start like maybe turning on. On other ones, basically thinking that they're they're being influenced by this by this thing, right? Yeah, but and it's getting that but paranoia. It's, but it's not even like you know, just because you are communicating with it, that it's not actually affecting them at all. It's literally just their paranoia turning on yep. each other. Because I guess maybe they find out that it has some level of psychic abilities, and yeah, they just like keep accusing each other of being influenced by it. Yeah. So the first third of the game can be can be that sort of stuff, and then mm. you've got agents of of like, you know, other other parties trying to trying to get in and yeah, they're and- trying to either ki- like take it and use it as a weapon, or they're trying to kill it because they're yeah. So maybe there's like the military who are trying to steal it to then use it as like use it as a weapon, figure out how its psychic stuff works because they want psychic soldiers, and then you've got like a Greenpeace sort of organization that's just decided it's a threat to humanity and want to destroy it. You know, they're like a radical um, environmentalists or something. Save the humans, kill the whales, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What's uh, let's let's have a little think about what sort of creature this is, and what does it need to. Because it needs to stay warm. Is it some sort of like lizardish sort of thing, or oh yeah, a cold-blooded um, yeah, yeah, a cold-blooded alien species, and and literally they um, I'm picturing that you you get sort of like a, a background throughout. Uh, the aliens have got genetic memory, so that yes. they actually know what their parents 
yeah. were going through yeah. when they when have, they have landed. memories of them. Yeah, yeah. So yep. you, it it communicates some of that to you, and you yeah, you definitely find out a lot of the backstory of this species and and where they came from. Yeah, and you know, it just gives you little little bits at a time. But the idea that you know they were they were literally coming coming here just to observe, and and they ended up like crashing in in like a cold part of the part of the world, right? And yep. they've been cold blooded, so therefore they they froze to death. Oh, so well, maybe they've just been hibernating for a long time too, before before they were found. Yeah, but then finally, you know, he, its parents got. Yeah, yeah. There could even by- be some sort of like survival inspe- instinct in their species that, in that situation, like the 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 mother's body, you know, puts all its resources to keeping the baby alive, kind of thing. But even that was that wasn't good enough, sort of thing. Well, so- it kept it alive long enough for the humans to find it, but obviously by that stage, yep. yeah, that the, there was nothing left for the parent to survive. That's cool. Um, yeah, I like that. So I feel I, like I'm, I'm seeing like an ET sort of ending of of like <laughs> this is just the grown up ET in which yes, um, yes, you get it home in some oh, way. Like it's you, you know its you family got? comes to pick it up. Mm. You got like this um, this one sequence where you're on like a snow speeder, and okay. and sort of it's in the basket at the front. <laughs> <laughs> you full on. No, you know what? It's the opposite because it's actually by the time it grows, it's quite large. So you're in the basket at the front, <laughs> and it flies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's like as the uh, as its family comes to pick it up and like beams you up into the sky. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then you know the the next version is like uh, the next game is you're on their planet. And totally, you're trying the sequel to get away is, from the, their scientists who are trying to yes. investigate you. <laughs> yes, the sequel is now the tables are turned and you are the alien, and they're trying to dissect you. <laughs> totally, this could be a whole new franchise, man. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like cool. it a lot. I like awesome. it when we end on something good like this. I think we had some really interesting ideas, and particularly like around narratives and stuff this week. That was that was really fun. I like a lot of those. Yeah, That's so cool. All right. Well, let's finish it up there. We'll do some housekeeping here. As I find my notes, I will vamp a little bit. And here we go. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we never post on Instagram, but follow us there anyway. Uh, We are BitStormCast on all of those. We have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash BitStorm. We're on Podchaser, podchaser.com slash BitStorm. Great stuff coming on Podchaser soon. I'm one of the people who make it. New search should be out by now by the time you hear this. You can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. We've got a website, bitstormcast.com. We'd like to plug our friends at the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just check out hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook for all those details. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. So thank you again for joining us this week. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Whoa. Game Design Podcast for two guys who know nothing about comedy. Fuck. Comedy. Comedy. Comedy.
we're gonna come out comedy all over your <laughs> comedy. Come, 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 chameleon. Okay, go on.